This is Brain Fuzz, the art, music, and culture podcast with Joe Camusa and Matthew White. Today Joe and Matthew pick up from a recent episode, discussing recent travels and discoveries in upstate New York. Music and art stories follow. A book recommendation and audio pick of the day are shared. From Albany to Kinderhook, this is episode 39. And it was Mystery Train. That was the the quiz about the Jarmish. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a weird movie. Yep. Mystery Train. I remember seeing that. Okay. 30 minutes. As we said, well, let's see, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about some summer travel. I'm Matthew White. I'm Joe Camusa. This is Brain Fuzz. You can always get show notes at brainfuzzpodcast.com. If you didn't hear the last episode, you can go back, take a look, take a listen. We talked a little bit about summer travel. In that episode, we were talking about Memphis. But I had some other travel. Yeah, uh, we I just I threw a ringer at you. We couldn't get in. We, we, it was because you travel too damn much. No, well. Uh... <laughs> no, you, that's the way to really do it. <laughs> um... Shortly after I was in Memphis, I went to New York for an opening. There was uh, some other stuff, but an opening at Jack Shaman's The School. More about that in a moment. That's upstate, though. You it's say upstate. New York, you got it. That's upstate. Oh, sorry. I have to say upstate New York. It's a whole different... No, no, no. Okay, you're It's right. beautiful, but... Is that... You can't just say I was in New York? It, it's always the city? But... Yeah. Yeah. All right. Upstate New York. It's a different... I mean, didn't... It flew into Albany, right? Flew, started in Albany. It's a totally different world coming down. Totally Driving down to that versus... Totally different world. City. Totally different world. And uh, it was, in fact, just a pleasant experience flying into Albany. It, it really was. I mean, you get off the plane and, like, you're in your car in a second. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. People are friendly. People were very friendly. Stopped at the Starbucks. Used the bathroom. <laughs> just to relax no, a little bit. <laughs> But the first, uh, let's see, the first stop on this kind of kind of road trip through upstate or down and then back up upstate. Yeah, were, at that point you were downstating. We um, we were in. Uh, let's see, first night was in Woodstock, and you know people go to Woodstock looking for Yasger's farm. It's not there. It's actually in nearby Bethel, where the festival took place. You know, I've talked a little bit about that. But there's, there's plenty more music history, and um, I mean, who wants to just look at a field anyway? But they do that. People oh, arrive wow. in Woodstock looking for it. There is a lot that has happened in Woodstock and has shaped culture for decades and for years to come. Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Van Morrison, the band, and of course Bob Dylan. The story, though, isn't quite that simple. Dylan didn't just show up. The reason he was there, Joe, do you know? It's got to be centered around Albert Grossman. It, it is. His manager, Albert Grossman. Grossman offered Dylan a place to escape. Grossman had a place there. Now, this was, this was right around the whirlwind transformation from Woody Guthrie-styled uh, folk singer. But this is post-Gone uh, Electric. 
yeah, it's post, right there because yeah. yeah. After Don't Look Back, the film, and, so the European tour. Yes. And then Newport, and he yes. was electric, and the yes. Judas. Yes. Yeah. Before the, whether you, if you believe it or not, the the mm-hmm. motorcycle accident. This is all yes. in this window, right? Yes, because he needed to escape that. Grossman gives him a place in, in, where he can uh, do that, and so he's in that you know transformation. Um, he's becoming the electrified cultural icon. And um, by the way, Grossman married to Sally, and you will recognize Sally on the cover of Bringing It All Back Home, the sultry seductress on the left side of the uh, Bringing It All Back Home. So Dylan gets a place at Birdcliff. Birdcliff is an artist colony. He sets up there. Members of the band follow, as do fans, sycophants, and the artist slash fans, but Dylan wouldn't last long there. Grossman stays, expands his empire in (laughs) nearby Bearsville. There, his compound includes a theater and later the Utopia soundstage, which was built for Todd Rundgren. Now, got to have dinner at the Bear Cafe. Oh, wow. So the Bear Cafe, the theater... Utopia soundstage. Did you knock on a door and Todd Rundgren came out and you no. ended up having dinner with him? And... No. 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 That and he's out. not that kind of guy anyway, I don't think. But Okay. But so you can actually go, you can have dinner, you can have drinks at Bear Cafe, which I would highly recommend. And just behind there, Albert Grossman's grave. You can go there. Interesting. It's nice and it's tranquil, unlike his reputation and his legacy, which is... It's uh, controversial, and certainly in recent years, even more so. How so? I don't want to get into it, but... Um, I mean, aside from being, like, you know, cutthroat manager? Yeah, shrewd businessman. Yeah. Shrewd businessman. I love this, the footage in uh, Don't Look Back, mm-hmm. when he's on the phone, and he's just silent, and he's wearing those... Yes. Almost like Dr. Strange kind of glasses. And, yes. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to have someone in your corner... He encouraged, he encouraged that. Oh, you know, right. that helped him kind of cement. And shield the artist. Yeah, and the artist is going to screw around with mm-hmm. whether it's what the, the amount of, you know, money or how many nights. Yep. That was pretty amazing. Because uh, he also had Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yes. And the Canadian Dylan. I'm going to get stoned for this. That's right. Gordon Lightfoot. That's right. Gordon Lightfoot. And a lot of people, you know, when I say that they thought it started with Dylan, it, it, it really didn't. There was a folk, there was a folk uh, community there. There was, you know, the artist colony at Berkeley, you know, predated Dylan. But um, how many of these fans came, but then how many of these artists were actually fans? I mean, Van Morrison was, Van Morrison was a fan going there, if, if not, you know, worshipful of Dylan. That's a whole other story. Wasn't he kind of... Uh, there's kind of a legend there. Wasn't he kind of on the run? I hadn't That's heard the, that. What's the story leading, there? Leading up to uh, Astral Weeks. Well, he recorded... Oh, that's, what, that's did probably, you listen? They, there is a podcast. Yes. You know, there's, there are a few podcasts out there. Uh, that one went in depth. And it talked about him being on the run and it's essentially wants, escaping to Woodstock. It wanted to hint that there was like mafia and yeah. I believe that podcast is called Disgraceland. Yes. Yep. I haven't listened to that episode yet. But that um that makes sense. 
he had he had a he had some bad deals on the previous record. I mean, this is the artist that them, yeah, who had done Gloria, um, and then here he is, kind of without much to show, really with nothing to show for it. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that story you can find out more about in a book that I picked up while I was there. By the way, I got to give a shout out to Lenny Block of Woodstock 100.1. I met Lenny you at the, our podcast. I met Lenny at the <laughs> I met Lenny at the Bear Cafe. Oh wow! Oh yeah, and uh, he helped me kind of fill in some of the gaps on the history, and just a delightful guy. Uh, but he did. He recommended uh, the book Small Town Talk by Barney Hoskins, and I picked it up in the uh, Woodstock bookshop. Uh, called The Golden Notebook. That, too, is a shout-out. Fine bookstore. You would love it. You would bring love an extra suitcase? It. Right there on Tinker Street. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you, and I you, almost did. did. I, you know, just no, I refrained. Uh, I knew that I had more stops to come. Oh, yeah. What's interesting is as you're walking around, um, you will see these signage, uh, historical markers, mm-hmm. And they, if you're not looking for them, you it's easy to kind of just walk right by them. But then, you, and we'll put some of these on the show notes. I, I got a couple of pictures of them. Okay. If you stop and read, it's quite an experience because you're not expecting what you read. And the whole time you're thinking, eh, it's Woodstock. But this is actually a project by an artist named Norm Magnuson, who has worked um, this like historical marker project, something he calls the I-75 project. And I think you, you see something about that. I do. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. A self-taught artist. <laughs> what he's called. But then I also found out that he um, he was called an artist slash activist by the New York Times in a 2007 article. His historical markers stand in Woodstock and elsewhere. Um, there is a concentration of them in Woodstock, which I believe is his home. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia says, wait, no, he focuses on cultural jamming. Yeah, okay. And he is the founder of Funism. You can find out more about Funism at funism.com. Joe, if, website. if you had to encapsulate Funism. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot here. I, 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 well, I just wanted to quit, kind of, and I couldn't... I don't think I'm... I, I like any... Hey, you know what? You can come up with your own ism or your own movement. That's something. But, uh, yeah, just having just chanced upon this. I mean, he obviously looks prolific and political. Uh, looks like he's also an ad guy. Funny. Funny about that. Was that... Is that his... Uh... Gotta eat, man. Yeah. There's art stuff and ad stuff. Uh, so I wonder how that goes. It's, or, the, or is this real? That's the other thing. Is that his thing? I love it. I, I, I really do. I love it. So he's like working with the IRS and gray advertising. They're solid. I mean, you know, they've been around forever. Interesting. General Mills. Hmm. This is thought provoking. V8? Yeah. He's a prankster. Well, if you saw and if you saw these historical markers, I I'm mean, they are those. they are. So everyone's saying, "Are these real?" <laughs> right, it's great. And they leave them up, or do they eventually? No, they've been. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that project's been going since the '90s. Okay, so it's somewhat. They are permanent. I mean, if you see them, they are permanent. 
I love how he puts it. My goal is not to incite, but to inspire thought amongst those who travel on this route. Interesting. Yeah. Norm Magnuson. From there, we went down to Hudson, Hudson, New York. And when's the last time you were in Hudson, Joe? Uh, within the last year. That's right. You were up there yeah. for uh, another family wedding. Do you? I think we've talked about this, but do you remember Dodge Gallery on Rivington in New York City? In the city, there. In the city. I do not recall that. Uh, Chris and Dodge. You seem to have spent a lot of time on it, Rivington at one point. Who? You. Over the years. Uh, like, no, 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 really? no, no, no. It was just uh, for a while there, there was, it was like a must stop kind of thing. Yeah. And Dodge was probably my favorite, favorite one there. So I was surprised to see because I hadn't followed, but September Gallery is her space now in Hudson. My thing these days, like I had, same thing happens in Chelsea at the time. I can't remember mm-hmm. what the name of a lot of those yeah. spaces are anymore, except for like the really big. It all ran and then it all runs together. I don't know, all these white walls. Yeah. And, I, I caught a show there and um, just really enjoyed seeing what she's doing there. And uh, it was good to see it in Hudson. It was, it was, it was a good space. And I, I think I also realized that September Gallery is actually named September Gallery because it opened in September. I, I, I was really pondering the... <laughs> <laughs> but then also shout out to John Davis Gallery. I was really, I don't know if you're familiar with John Davis Gallery, but I enjoyed seeing the work there as well. Uh, so those were two stops that, uh, you know, if you're following, if you're following this as a travel itinerary, which I have been told that our people are out trying to people mimic, are mimicking really? our travel I- itineraries. It's a thing. I, I, What's that called? Geocaching? There's no geocaching. We're not leaving any. There's no geocaching. We're not leaving geocaching. Just DNA. <laughs> Oof. You gonna take that out? <laughs> no geocaching. Oh, by the way, if you're looking to stay somewhere in Hudson. <laughs> oh, the plugs. The wick. The plugs are just the wick. nice. The wick, the wick was nice. Very nice place to stay. Uh, now, back to Jack Shaneman School. Back to Jack Shaneman School. The real, the raison d'etre. It's, yes. It's in nearby Kinderhook. Kinderhook. Do you happen to know the size of this place? It has to be here. 30,000 square feet. Yes. Yeah. And... It is, I have seen in some of my reading the word amazing used, and I've got to say that is the word. Every single bit of this space is just done right. It's, it, it really is. It's, it is. it's a stop, I'm telling you. you got to see it. I heard, just man on the street while I was there, that there was some pushback on this becoming a gallery Really? There in Kinderhook, yeah. I don't know what... To me, I would welcome it because I don't know what... If I were a resident, I would think, you know, you know, old school. I would... Uh, yeah. I would think, you know... But for whatever reason, there was really some pushback. I think they were also concerned about the types of events. For this particular opening, a showing of Radcliffe Bailey's work, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Uh, for this particular opening, there were several thousand for for the event. So just didn't they don't want the people? I, I don't know. Was I don't. the pushback you feel like that they don't want all these all the the summer people or the weekend people or the city I don't know. People? I don't know. See, isn't it funny? It's like it, it is funny because it's like tribal everywhere. Well, walking around Hudson, it, they were like welcoming of the of the crowd, and then I would again kind of 
there were some people that you know wanted to keep Hudson, Hudson, but then for a lot of the people were wanting, you know, it's good for business. So yeah, yeah, it's it's an, it is a different. Yeah, wait, was your hotel? What what was the little apocryphal story there about someone told you like two years ago, three years ago? You yeah, were... somebody said, look, you know, two, three, five, three, three to five years ago, you would not even want to stand on this spot you wouldn't want to be there i don't know how exaggerated that is but mm. yeah you would know better than i if uh, i mean that was my first time to hudson so. upstate that's a whole like i said that's it uh yeah it was something but um and did you say you felt a kinship i with i told you that a Georgia? lot uh no no it was more it's really appalachia uh there's more of a feel of in, in particularly in woodstock it's all, the light, running water, the streams, the, the soil, the, every bit of it reminds me of so many places along, I would say, Nantahala Gorge uh-huh. in uh, North Carolina. Very similar if you're in Northern California, you know? Same thing. It's just culturally, it's just a different, which is why so many people escaped to Woodstock looking for something, you know, whether you know, the artists of the 60s, the sure. musicians, and they were looking for something. They actually, if you do read that book, which I highly recommend, Small Town Talk, there is, you know, even talk in that book of, is there some, did something sacred happen here? Was there something spiritual that made it a place that attracted people? Well, you brought up a good point recently uh, with a a fellow uh, artist friend of ours, Michi, Mm -hmm. who's from Florence. That's right, yeah. Uh, but Muscle Shoals, mm-hmm. and he spoke at length about that water there and that, that place. And then, of course, there's that documentary Yep. where people are saying, you know, like what made Muscle Shoals the studio. Mm-hmm. Like it's that, it's, it's that water. There's just something there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That was interesting how you, you brought that up. And, hey, you know, what's, what's funny is those, those sites in Woodstock are still there. Like if you want to go and... Um, you know, it's a lot of it has uh, not. I mean, it's there. If you want to seek it out, you can seek out these sites. There's not. And it didn't a, feel Disney to you? No, not at all. That's it's, good. Now, if you're walking along Tinker Street, yeah, they're going to have all the like tie dye stuff and that. Um, yeah, if you want to seek out some of these really lesser known sites, you know, they're there. By the way, on Instagram, I posted a shot. Our Instagram, by the way, is Brain Fuzz Podcast. Did you happen to see that, Joe? I did see it. Do you know what that is? I'm having to refresh my memory here. Wow. You know what that is? Preach. I, you know what? I'm not seeing that. Opus 40. Opus 40, you can, uh, if you go to the show notes at Brain Fuzz Podcast, we'll have more about it there. But Opus 40 is an unbelievable site in, in the Woodstock area that... If you can make it, you've got to see it. And actually, if you just go, if you go to opus40.org, you'll you'll see the story of Harvey Fight. You know Harvey Fight? I don't. I hope it's not Harvey Feet, but I'm going to say Harvey Fight. F I T E. Harvey Feet. Harvey Fight. I'd say Harvey Fight. So he studied along the. Um, he actually studied in an Episcopal school on the Hudson River, near the Hudson River, 
And he was there actually to study the ministry, and he actually found himself. I'm reading again from the Opus40.org yeah, website, yeah, yeah. but it says that he found himself more intrigued by the stage than the altar. Hmm. And so he kind of fell into the uh, group of artists. He actually started to work with solid materials inspired by uh, a seamstress's discarded spool once backstage. He started whittling it, and he became interested in solid materials. So he set about to become a sculptor, it says. Actually, St. Stephen's, where he went, became Bard College. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. And so there he becomes a sculptor. This place is, let's see... And this is actually in uh, Saugerties, which, you know, if you're going and hitting some of the sites, you know, right there. But um, it's about a 12-acre, looks like a 12-acre property there. It's on the lip of the quarry there. So he's got all the stone there. Builds this unbelievable, it's supposed to be an outdoor sculpture gallery. And it was intended to showcase all of these different so that what you see in that picture is just kind of the centerpiece okay but it's all part of uh opus 40 and it's it, it really is it, you would not believe believe it and I, I just happened to have it on my list and i thought oh we'll that's see awesome yeah. yeah opus 40 yeah there's so much mm. i mean just from bar to dia to yeah and you're getting in you still have those to well, i'm going back very shortly, a couple weeks actually. Oh, cool! Yeah, I'll pick it. I'll pick those up. But we've talked about Dia before. Yes, we have. Dia Beacon before. Um, I owe you an audio pick of the day. Yes, you. Are do. you ready? I am. And now, the Brain Fuzz audio pick of the day. I don't know what you know about this, and I'm just bringing this on you because I've been listening to it a lot. Little Stephen and the Disciples of Soul. Wow. 1982's Men Without Women. Have you heard this? So this is right... No, no, no. This is way before he leaves the E Street Band. Yes, that's right. I mean, he hung around... He hung around because he co-produced The River. No, but even born in the Mm -hmm. USA, which was, what, 85? Mm, 84, 85, somewhere in there. I was thinking that there was the break to do born in the USA, and that's when he kind of... That was it. That's when he was like, yeah, Yeah. I'll see you. But he's on that record, and I think that's when... Yeah. All right. Well, so I, he has been called, in some of my reading, he has been called a renaissance man. And it is... It's the scarves. <laughs> that's the head scarf. Head, that's the way that I'm telling you. Um, you may remember, I, my, really, I first got interested in Little Steven with The Sopranos, if you want to know the truth oh, of the matter. Oh, okay. I was kind of... Playing Silvio in The Sopranos. Yeah. And then lately, Lilyhammer... On Netflix, he plays Frank Tagliano, or the real name is Frank Tagliano. The character um, is Giovanni Hendrickson. <laughs> and if you see the show, you'll get it, totally makes sense. Anyway, producer, writer, director, and actor in Lilyhammer. Yes. Oh. Of course, E Street Band you mentioned, but before that, Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes. Yeah. And Gary U.S. Bonds. And he had, you know, had the radio show. And... So, and that's the thing. I've been listening to a lot of that recently, uh, Underground Garage on Sirius XM. And he also founded the record label Wicked Cool. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. See, see any connections to Olive Garden? No Olive Garden connections. Oh, 
and no Woodstock connection. I figured you would think, you know, there would be a Woodstock pit, but actually, it's Jersey. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Underground Garage uh-huh. and uh, and watching Lillehammer and just really appreciating where and actually we're doing some headwear. Listen, it's the, it's the mind meld. I went, I went back <laughs> to pick up this record, and you don't have to have the vinyl; you can totally. Um, <laughs> but I really appreciate the fact that you think about oh, a lot of you know he sounds like Bruce Springsteen or he sounds like E Street, and then you realize no. E Street sounds the way it does because yeah. of yeah, yeah. Little Steven. I mean, he worked up these arrangements with Springsteen. And uh, anyway, if you listen to it, what strikes me is around 82, it has a sound that's similar to Infidels. Oh, cool. 83. If you listen to his voice and then you listen to Dylan mm-hmm. on Infidels in 83, it's got a similar... I, I, like, I wish that record could be... That's one that if I could have it like re done I'd love to hear it with a different production Infidels yeah it's so dated but you know Mark Knopfler says that it doesn't sound anything like the yeah. record he played on because he played on I think, I think in the end he has only one track on it I think but uh, also Shot of Love If you th- I don't know what year Shot of Love right off the top of my head but, um, but no it, the quality of Dylan's voice and again I'm struck by what influenced who influenced who there? Yeah, really. You know, because I, it, to me it's clear. I can't think of any other records around that time that, you know, you do wonder how much maybe E Street influenced Dylan's work in the early 80s there. Yeah, who knows? I mean, you get the thought of anything influencing Dylan, but I mean, he's, I'm sure he's, he acts like he's out to lunch, but I bet you that dude's just soaking everything up. And there's the Woodstock connection. Mm-hmm. There you go. I didn't even realize that. Um, yeah. So anyway, Men Without Women, 1982. You got don't don't let the cover look at. If you see the cover, look past it and listen to it because it is uh, it's something. He's known for that mix of what we would call the garage sound with soul. Soul. Yeah. Well, R and B soul. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's. Um, and he's actually been touring recently. I missed him in Atlanta, by the way. Did you see no, that he I was here recently? No, I didn't see that yeah. he was here. Yeah. And uh, I hate that I missed that. I'll have to catch him another time. But no, he's reviving some of this work from the 80s and 90s, I believe. And, um, and it's working live. And these are huge shows, too. The number of people. Yeah. I've heard an interview with him recently, which was hilarious. But he was talking about how many people like are in the band and the crew and... Unbelievable. Yeah. So he's doing it. I mean, I'm sure he's doing all right. Yeah. But uh, that's a big undertaking. Oh, it's huge. Um, but really appreciating it. It's uh, it's a good one. Give it a listen. Hey, we're off to talk to a group of young collectors tonight. Correct. Yeah. In fact, um, I think our Uber's just about here. Yeah. But... You can find out more about us at brainfuzzpodcast.com. Get the show notes. Check us out on Instagram. Follow us. Like us. Do all that stuff. And uh, I think our Uber's here. All right. See ya. Connect with Joe and Matthew and find out more about this and other episodes at brainfuzzpodcast.com. On social media, share your thoughts and comments with hashtag brainfuzzpodcast. Follow us on our 100% organic Instagram account, 
Brain Fuzz Podcast.